This is episode 413 of Life Trees Walking. It's episode 413 of Life Trees Walking. Hey. 413. Hey, Mike. Hey, Pastor David Berge. I am Michael J. Nelson. Did you know that? I am happy to make your acquaintance, sir. <laughs> and you as well. Well, I'd better be on my way. <laughs> I'm running out of room. Uh, <laughs> This is uh, Like Trees Walking. This is a podcast where we talk about uh, we being the aforementioned Pastor Dave and the aforementioned Michael J. Nelson, talk about the important issues of life, life, death, religion, faith, ethics, um, values. Puppets. Uh, puppets. You did talk about the original sin of puppetry. On yeah. one of, <laughs> someone posted a tweet or a comment once. They're like, hey, you should listen to the podcast. And then you, then they start playing it and you say, there's an original sin in puppetry that can never be forgiven. And they're like, <laughs> and the friend's like, well, all right. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, another, maybe another episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I have strong opinions. We all have strong opinions, and that's what we're thrashing out here in these big, important issues of life later on. Dwight David thrashing out. Call back. Oh, calling back my other podcast. Um, but we are going to, I think the the banner thing for this is we're going to eat expired octopus later in the show. On air. We, and by we, yeah, Mike we, no, means No, 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 no. Past, pastor is exempt from that, because Pastor has important duties to do in life, and if he eats expired... It's up to him. It's up to him. But um, if yeah, he eats gonna. expired octopus... He's not going to? He's making that already? Disgusting. I'm not doing that. How like, do, you, do you not know how to tease? Like, oh, maybe yeah, no. I'll, I might do it, actually. I might do it. Yeah. Might, no, you yeah. really yeah. convinced okay. me I might do it. So, yeah. <laughs> but before that, we have important things to do, as always. And this, I don't think... I've said this before, and so I'm losing credibility, but I risk that by saying this is a pretty important thing because everything rests on this issue. And this has come to the fore lately, and I'll just pass it over to the pastor and let him explain uh, why and what and how. Okay. Go ahead. I will do. Mike, right. what is one of your favorite movies of all time that you love watching with your family? Uh, one of my, that I love watching with my family? That's right. Yep. Uh, probably It's a Wonderful Life. Bingo. Yeah, the, the Nelsons love it's a wonderful life, and the movie turns on you know the the major plot point is what George Bailey he's desperate a, he's never been born exactly so George Bailey's like it would have been it would have been better if I'd never been born and then he gets to go look at life with Clarence as if he'd never been born and we see all of you know George had been involved in all of these things helping people saving lives and so basically the world is a much worse place. Because George Bailey had never been born, and so he get you know it's I mean it's so bad that his who would have been his wife becomes a librarian. That's how terrible <laughs> this earth is without George Bailey. Yeah, she's just about to close up the library. <laughs> oh, oh God, that's awful. <laughs> it awful. is sad. Librarians never, out there, that must be that must be so painful to watch. They're like this, this is this is hateful. <laughs> <laughs> and she never marries, right? Isn't that what he says? She, That's right. She never, she never. Marries. And then his beloved mother is a bitter old. But anyway, let look. And like anyway, the look, in. guys, I'm giving out wings. That always bothered me the most. Was actually the bar, like how, <laughs> yeah. like it was just this den of debauchery since he was never born. Like this is a uh, this is a bar. For, what does he say? Like. But people want to want to get drunk fast, and we don't need no characters around to give the joint atmosphere. <laughs> anyway, so good. Anyways, okay, we're so, off topic. Already. We are off topic. For some reason, this was drawn to my attention recently. I, I mean, it's as Mike says, it's sort of been in the water, been in the air. 
Uh, but this is actually a New Yorker article from uh, 2017, the end of 2017, um, called The Case for Not Being Born. The antinatalist philosopher David Benatar argues that it would have been better if no, ch- if no one had children ever again. And so here is David Benatar hitting us with his best (laughs) shot. I didn't know whether you had that in you. (laughs) You are (laughs) middle-aged. He is firing away. So so anyways, so, uh, you know, David Benatar and his ilk would have said, well, George, yeah, would have, like, been better if you had never been born. In fact, it'd be better if no one had ever, ever been born. Because, he says, human existence is just so horrible. And Benatar himself talks about a... uh, we're squeezed between a vice that it's not just like, well, it'd be better off forever if you would just, you know, let's just kill everyone and everyone die. Well, David Benatar says, well, no, dying is terrible too. So he's like being born and living is terrible and then dying is terrible. So we're squeezed between this vice. In short, everything is terrible now. And so don't ever have kids. And in fact, uh, right around the time I saw this article, which was actually not that long ago. Uh, like, the the royal couple, Harry and Meghan, uh, had their baby. Archie, I think is the name of the baby. I did not know. I do not follow the royals. It's, yes. Uh, my, yes. My family is anti-royal. Um. <laughs> we're, we're, my family is royalist. We were, okay. you know. Sure. We fled to Maryland, but. Yeah. Um, the, uh, no, so they had baby Archie. And uh, there's this horrible, and so uh, Josh Barrow, who himself, he's an atheist, he's no religious person, but he retweeted a Twitter account called The Tweet of God, which is this person pretending to be God, and said, if you like this account, you're a terrible person. Because The Tweet of God, this person speaking in sort of a, you know, sardonical God voice said, like, when, after this baby was born, was like, the birth of any child is no reason. Like this world is so overpopulated that the birth of any child is no one should be celebrating the birth of any child. And Josh Barrow is like, if you like this account, you're a terrible person to to which I say, yes, Josh Barrow, I agree completely with you. Like this idea that human existence is so terrible that you shouldn't have kids or the fate of the planet is so precarious that no one should have children and the birth of child is some tragedy. It's just, it's a wretched, horrible perspective. And this guy, David Benatar, is a crank. I mean, he is an utter crank. Everything in this article, this feature of him, you know, he wants people to deal with him on his terms and not his ideas. Okay, so he won't even answer questions about does he have children? Uh, And in kind of some of the anecdotes that get relayed, a colleague of his gets pregnant, and she's like, come on, David, you gotta be happy for me because I'm so happy. And he's like, you know, he's he's this monster who's like, I'm happy for you. Like, because this is making her happy, but not happy for the existence of this child. And it's like, the, we have a, like, word for these people. I don't know, sociopaths? Like, like th- th- this is very, very dark. And he is not, don't worry, he's not dissuaded by evidence of, like, people, people's self-reported happiness. So existence is so terrible, so terrible, you know, he says. Yet people generally relate themselves as being very happy or somewhat happy. Over 90% of Americans at least say that. Like, but yeah, like, you know, and actually as people age, they get more happy and satisfied. So you'd think like, well, your body doesn't work as well. You're not, you don't have the joy of youth, Uh, you know, but actually like as people get older, they don't get less happy typically. Um, They actually find more satisfaction with life. So if human existence is so horrible, but basically like a large part of that has to be subjective, that humans have to subjectively be experiencing it as horrible to be that horrible, I would say. 
Um, that would be a major, major measure. Uh, Mr. Benatar is not dissuaded from that. In fact, he says, like, he's like, listen, human, the human predicament is filled with so many terrible things. We're often thirsty and hungry. And then if we're not thirsty or hungry, we have to go to the bathroom. We're either, this is seriously what he says. We're either too cold, we're either too cold or too hot. Or we have itches, or we have aches and pains, or we have hot flashes, or menstrual cramps, or, you know, like, he, he, he just brings up all of these things and say, listen, human existence is terrible. And that's, you know, that's just even regular old human life, not to mention things like chronic pain, um, you know, uh, 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 chronic illnesses, um, you know, losses of loved ones, disappointment, betrayal, all of these things, he says, just makes human existence is is intolerable so but but his argument though or, or that part of his argument is who are you going to believe me or your lion eyes like I, i'm telling you i'm happy yes i i raised this to a friend recently i i ran down a list of my own miseries which i won't go through i right. mean i have chronic pain it, you know i have there's a lot of you know, there's tragedy and disappointment and stuff in my life i'm happy what are you going to do like what are you going to do with that information mr benatar you're, you know, that's just an evolutionary trick, Mike, that you're, you, you know, we've been evolved, obvi- we've evolved, obviously, to want to survive and pass on our genes. And so, Mike, your brain evolved to fool you in this uh, matter. Okay, well, how do I overcome it then? <laughs> in other words, how do I push aside my perceived happiness and enter into misery? Or should I just... Put the gun barrel in the mouth or throw the uh, rope no, over because, the beam. No, because be- death oh, is terrible. Oh, that's terrible, too. Death is terrible, too. So all I'm supposed to do is then just embrace the misery? Like, what's his? What's the um, end game? What's- he, he kind of addresses that in one point where he says, listen, he gets, like all these people, they're always getting letters, like and notes from folks who like discover their work and are like very appreciative or something like that. Sure, they do. You know, um, like or he gets books, which is actually very depressing. But he'll get like notes from people with with very serious, horrible chronic conditions or you know genetic defects or something. They'll be like, yeah, I wish I had never existed. Thank you for articulating those. I mean, which is like, oh, holy crap! Like you are, arti- okay. like you're a worthless person. Oh, you thought you know? No, no, no. Like. He's just like, well, I was a huge Kevorkian fan, and then I discovered you. <laughs> I know. But he says, uh, he, he, he says, um, like, that he appreciates, he appreciates these notes. But he's like, you know, um, then people realize that there's actually, there's nothing that they can do about it. There, there is nothing that they can do about it. So you just sort of sit with the, um, you kind of sit unhappily with the knowledge that uh, existence is horrible. I mean, there, he has no comfort, not not even cold comfort, you know. So what? But what? So what's the point? Just to be right, Mike. Oh, okay. You know, it's like, All right. like I'll give it to him, and then we'll I'll move on with my life, and I'll be happy, and he can uh, he can go eat a, a you know a, a refrozen meal and or a defrosted meal and enjoy his misery. I, I don't know what to say about this. Well, let me just read you this paragraph. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> he's not a horrible. He's not a total monster. Um, no, I'm sure he's not. No, no, no. Most but crank, I mean, most cranks aren't monsters. No, he's not a monster. Cranks. Like everyone else, Benatar finds his views disturbing. He has, therefore, ambivalent feelings about sharing them. He wouldn't walk into a church, drive up to the pulpit, and declare that God doesn't exist. Similarly, he doesn't relish the idea of becoming an ambassador for antinatalism. I mean, don't have kids. Life, he says, is already unpleasant enough. He reassures himself that because his books are philosophical and academic, they will only be read by those who seek them out. He hears from readers who are grateful to uh, to find their own secret thoughts have been 
secret, secret thoughts expressed. One man with several children read better to have never been, then told Benatar that he believed having them had been a terrible mistake. People suffering from terrible mental and physical Jeez. afflictions write to say they wish they had never existed. He also hears from people who share his views and are disabled by them. I'm just filled with sadness for people like that, he said in a soft voice. They have an accurate view of reality, and they're paying the price for it. I asked uh, Benatar whether he ever found his own thoughts overwhelming. He smiled uncomfortably. Another personal question that said, writing helps. Oh, boy. That's a heck of a graph. I'm going to invite this guy to my lawn party, huh? So, I mean, the question is just, you know, is he right or not? Uh, he's 100% wrong because, number one, like the premise, I've heard this before philosophically, it is better to have never been born. Why did God create me at all? Mm-hmm. As one guy asked me when I was, you know, just saying, like, I'm a Christian. Like, I didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to have that original sin laid on me. And and I just said, well, you're comparing apples with uh, zebras. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't, you are. So what... <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. In other words, uh, can we go back in time and make you not? But we can't. So this is reality. And so wishing for a different reality does not is not a philosophical position. You can't get to that reality. Therefore, why are we even talking about it? Mm-hmm. We have to deal with what we have in front of us. So I don't, I don't know what to... So then you build a worldview around what if, like... I mean, people do it all the time. What if we lived in the world of uh, Game of Thrones? I guess I'll go buy a sword and I'll put on some leather jerkin and I'll boiled leather shirt or whatever. But we don't live in that. So, okay, you're this is a weird retreat for you, but it's not doing anything philosophically because <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. You not existing is not a real thing, nor could it have ever been a thing. Right. So... Go with that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you do with that. Uh, and I think, too, that that for folks, I mean, so he he doesn't characterize him as like a pessimistic antinatalist or something like that. Someone who wants to always be sort of raining on everyone's parade. He just wants to, he thinks he's right and he wants to sort of share these views with the world but not broadcast them in a way to make other people, a lot of other people miserable. But he doesn't think, he thinks human existence is just intrinsically so bad that like working for improving it is futile. Because even the incremental improvements that we can make, he's like, people don't follow through on these things, and they're not willing to make the sacrifices or take the steps that we need to do it. So it's po- basically it's pointless. But it leads to what uh, my my professor, beloved Golden Graham, Doctor Gordon Graham, once talked Golden, about. Golden, yeah, he I talked about the secular problem of evil. So he's like, you know, the problem of evil gets brought up as an argument against God. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, well, if you make this very strong argument that the world is so terrible, it's so filled with evils. Um, it's such this. It's just this like. It's just this nightmare. If it, if human existence and the world as it exists, I mean, basically conscious or sentient life is so horrible. He's like, then don't we have a moral responsibility to end that suffering? And so, like, it, wouldn't the morally responsible thing be to do? I mean, the most extreme would be sort of fire up the old doomsday machine, yeah. right, and kill. Right. Uh, kill all, you know, at least eliminate all human life, but but probably all sentient animal life too. You'd want to take care of that since yeah. that's filled with suffering. Or I guess if you're being more compassionate, you know, just we can uh, take care of the suffering within a couple generations. Let's just like sort of make everyone infertile, you know, like yeah. like uh, dwindle. Yeah, yeah, you know that we can basically sterilize all humans 
born and, and animals to our best of our ability so we can peter out over a very brief period of time. Yeah, you know? I think I think we, <clears throat> C.S. Lewis, I think we brought it up already, C.S. Lewis at the beginning of The Problem of Pain goes through a couple pages of just like really eloquent, this is how I view the world, mm-hmm. and he, he does it in basically this guy's, he doesn't call it pessimistic, but it's, you know, uh, the world is a place of suffering and death, and even if you, as you live these few short le- years, you desire permanence, but you can never have mm-hmm. it. So you have the longing of of life, but can't get it, and so a mental suffering, physical suffering, and and he says, "How in the world did I did anyone ever attribute this work to a good God?" Yeah, and then at the end of it says, "But wait a minute, how did I ever get to the?" reason that there should be goodness in the world Mm -hmm. and that was the problem that trips everyone up like how do you attribute how does your view of good or evil figure into this and that's the problem for the pure pessimist is you can't you can make no claims of good or evil because your worldview doesn't allow for it so suffering in your world is just suffering it's just what it is it's like it's like apple suffering zebra paint it doesn't they're all the same they're just particles and you have nothing to account for it philosophically that is yeah well i feel i feel bad for david benatar i i do too like, especially i mean i saw one of his concerts and he i mean in those little tights and everything he he's just he's lost it he's lost when it. he's like you know he used to he used to do you know play arenas and now he's i know like, it's he's smaller doing clubs ca- now the casinos <laughs> even you know like sad. it's really it's very sad to, to see a star uh, having fallen fallen yeah yeah but yeah so so david there is hope um i mean this is where like i think um one of the challenges and i think too with with uh someone like him you know with the advent of this thing called the internet probably like i i think ideas like this you know where whereas he would want to confine them to a small sort of segment i mean i can just imagine like sort of the like we should never exist subreddit or like the you know the youtube algorithm like constantly popping up these uh things in people's feed and so well he's maybe an inadvertent apostle or evangelist towards a pure pessimism um which is i don't think something the world needs i don't think it's anything the world needs but i also think it's a little disingenuous like if you actually believe this i mean with your own worldview everyone who has a worldview thinks that they're right otherwise mm-hmm. obviously they would change you, it to the other one wouldn't right? hold yeah. that view uh which is a weird thing when people question you and go do you know you're right it's like well Come on, man. We have to get. We all know. We all have views that we hold because we think they're right. So, I do. I know. I. I mean, who knows my level of certainty? But whatever. But we all want other people to think the same way that we do. So I find it disingenuous that he's going like, "Oh no, I don't want anyone to." I just believe that the world is a <laughs> a horrible uh, stink hole that should be eliminated, and and we never should have been born. But how you know? But if you want to believe otherwise, like, ah, come on, man, have the faith of your convictions. Be uh, be someone out there in public telling everyone they should commit suicide or whatever. Which again, oh, I'm sorry. don't do. I'm that. sorry, I don't want yeah. to misstate his no, views. No. I don't want to misstate. No, he his doesn't because death is horrible, so he doesn't want people to do that. But. but but death doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Well, horrible. but then you're like, this is this is your problem. You you haven't embraced his uh, like the human predicament where everything's bad, and so yeah, you're telling yourself death isn't that horrible, life isn't that horrible. Um, 
even though you, ha- yeah, I mean, your sort of list of ailments, which we all have, we all have uh, the things that in- indicate that we're living in what Christians call, you know, a, a fallen world, right? This is not the world as God intended it, or God under, the world under God's rule. But, uh, 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 like, the, I lost my train of thought, but anyways, all this to say that um, he, he, we subjectively experience this world as not that bad. And he has to spend all of his time as can, we we say, yes, it's fallen and broken, but on balance, it's better than not in terms of exi- you know questions of existence. Whereas he has to go around telling people all the time, no, like it would no, it'd be better if this all never existed, or basically sen- sentient life within it never existed. And that's a really, I think, a terrible posture for one to have well, to have sort yeah. of going around and and like convincing <laughs> yourself of that and then sharing that message with other people. It's like, no, 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 you're experiencing this is good. This is joyous pleasure. I mean, I don't want to take that away from you, but just know like Yeah, you're wrong. You're I mean, wrong. I mean it doesn't yeah. change the equation. Like it's a it's a it's a extremely warped. But let me ask you now I know you're not his spokesman, but you're holding the article. So for the purposes of this you are does he answer what does one what are the fleeting moments of joy like everyone is experienced when um you wake up in the morning you uh, are at a lake uh, you're at a cabin in a lake and the sun is coming up and you're uh you realize that your son just had a daughter and you're thinking of that and you sip the coffee and the coffee's delicious and the sunshine is shining on your face and you go out and you are grateful for the universe and you have in this one moment this happiness that is joy it can be you know the word joy you and you want to say hallelujah to the heavens just for this moment and you know that later uh you'll have to do the dishes and you'll have to chop that stump out and uh, you have to get the pickup filled up with gas and those things aren't you know, immensely pleasurable, but you had joy. What does he say to this? What those moments, how do you explain those? Are those fleeting and they're illusory? So, they're fleeting and illusory, Mike. Okay. So they're, and they're just going to be overwhelmed by all the horrible, crappy, terrible things. Like, like there is such a thing as chronic pain, Mike. There is no such thing as chronic pleasure. I, boy, we, we might get a, uh, a hedonist on our podcast who could tell you otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Hmm. Uh, okay, so what does he do? All right, I'll use my example then. I am in chronic pain, and I rate my happiness level often at eight and a half or so. That's I mean, solid. you know, that's solid. You got a good um, baseline. I shake off the pain, I go on with life. It's just a, you would know. you would have been better for you to never have existed? Again, I can't like know because I exist. So, like, you know, would it be better if you were a giraffe? He like, says, I don't know. What What do you mean? The, no. The, the number of bad things and inconveniences and terrible things about life. It just stacks the deck, Mike. We're making a pile. The pleasure pile is like two inches off the ground. The pain pile is to the, to the roof. That's what he would say. What I wonder if you would interview that guy who, to use a, a contemporary, a very contemporary yeah. example, the guy who started the Fire Festival, right? Oh yeah, that guy was rocking the world. Heck yeah! If you had asked Billy. him uh, two years ago, like, are you? Would it be better if you had not been born? What do you think Billy would have said? Like, hell no, man! <laughs> I'm rocking it. I'm like, I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm getting drunk with Ja Rule in the Bahamas, <laughs> man. There are supermodels on jet skis all around me. That guy's doing fine. That was the real fire festival, Mike. Yeah, yes. Was the photo shoot to promote it. That yeah. was the real fire festival. But anyway, the point being, there are people who just, I mean, 
Sure, subjectively there, ha- but they would just give the counter data. So their data points, why don't they count? He can't tell them if they're reporting, like report your happiness. Like you said, like these are self-reported measures, self-reported, but he says you're wrong. Yeah. How can you be wrong about your own happiness? I don't, I don't understand how that's possible. I, I don't, I don't know either, Mike. That seems to be a real, like therein lies the rub is like, he can say, no, objectively, objectively, just look at all this. Like he's trying to keep throwing things in the, like on the list of pros and cons of existence. Like he's, anything is going on the con. Like you get bit by a mosquito, you know, like let crick in your neck. Uh, but, but, but you had to wait in traffic. But, your job wasn't that great. But, but if uh, Mr. Benatar says to someone, do you like strawberry pie? And they go, yeah, I love it. It's great. And then, no, you don't objectively you don't like well who's right i mean the person who said yes i do he i'm gonna take his you know what i mean like what are you talking about you you can you can't tell me that i don't like strawberry pie i do and but this this just seems like he is he's flat out doing that he's saying you're too dumb to know you don't like strawberry pie i just do i like life i like living life I, I met a guy once who was, uh, I, I went to a Rite Aid in the middle of the night mm. to get, you know, to try to sleep with some aspirin or something. And there was a guy who was just the happiest dude I've ever met working the Rite Aid yeah. at the, in the middle of the night. And I talked to him for a minute and he's like, what do I got to complain about? I'm, you know, I got a job. I'm, I'm, maybe someday I'll be manager of this place. You have a nice night, sir. And it was like the most pleasant encounter, like. That guy's happy mm-hmm. because he decided to be happy. He's but but this guy says he's living a miserable existence. Exactly, and, and you know, it, consider killing yourself, but don't do it because that also is terrible. Yeah, so, so just don't have any kids. So because there's no cost associated with not existing. Yeah. Wow, that's dark. Very dark. <laughs> it's very dark. Uh, as a philosophy, I don't think it stands up to. You know, if he's even presenting it as a philosophy, I think he is. Okay, well, I, I give it a, I give it a one out of ten stars. That's high. Half a star. <laughs> I'm pro natalist. Be fruitful, therefore be fruitful. Go fill the earth. Yep. You know, oh. and children. I, ex- I mean, better. I I would I would say even though you know it could say it's sort of a nonsensical question, it better to not exist or exist. I'm pro existence. Right. Right. You know, that grim, way. grim question. Which of your children, if you think that it's better to not exist, which of them would you think should be? It was be? a horrible mistake. I know that guy, like, I have several kids. Like, it was a terrible thing for me to do. Ugh. 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 Grim. Stay away from these people. Also, stay away from strawberry pie. It was an example. It wasn't a real thing. It's an awful, awful pie. Really? Ugh. Just gelatinized, mushed up strawberry jam. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot better than expired octopus. <laughs> oh, we'll find out. Right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Like Trees Walking. If you could do us a solid, rate us and review us, just so we can know that you're out there, you're listening. Um, And uh, we we just appreciate the support and the encouragement that you give us for listening, especially for folks who don't necessarily uh, see the world the same uh, way as we do. We uh, just appreciate you taking time out of your uh, life um, to listen to us uh, uh, talk. And uh, and we hope you find it um, at least provocative in, in the best possible way. You can find us on social media at LTWPod. Um, there's a Like Trees Walking Facebook page you can like. There's an email list. Uh, hopefully have some an exciting opportunity to share coming up soon. 
uh, to maybe see us in person. And so that'd be the best way to do that. So let's get back to the show. Let's have Mike eat some, maybe me, eat some squid or octopus. Sorry, octopus, expired octopus. So, um, yeah, and hopefully Mike survives and we have another episode. So let's get back to it. All right, we're back. Sorry for that miserable break. God, we should probably all just, yeah. ugh, everything is just, ugh, I'm just, I'm weighed down. I'm weighed down. But I'm excited. I'm buoyed <laughs> by the fact that uh, I have in front of me a plate of smoked Japanese octopus. I believe they are stuffed with cheese. We have visit. we have talked we about this on a yeah. previous episode, and we, you're uh, a friend of yours or an acquaintance. Gave a brief yes. translation of this. Yes. It's basically octopus stuffed with cheese. Yeah. And, but warned us that the package is expired. And I thought, oh, well, Michael, throw it away. That That's the last we'll ever do. No, 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 no. Come on. Expired. There's expired, and then there's expired. Right. Expired would mean that it was not, you know, you couldn't eat it right. at all. Right. Expired is just a date. It's like yeah. age is just a state of mind. It's nothing but a <laughs> Nothing but a number. Uh, so why don't you describe what you're seeing? I know you will not be partaking of this. This is my uh, cross to bear, so to speak. Um, yeah. It... So tell uh, tell the folks at home what is about to uh, transpire, and I will um, I'll get myself ready for it. All right, I'm smelling it. It looks like cheese with little little octopus arms, little Cthulhu's wrapped around. Uh, it smells like fish food. I don't think it smells as fishy as as other yeah, it's items. It's like a mild fish food. It's milder than yeah, and maybe that's the the cheese balancing it out. We don't know what kind of cheese. No. Uh, but it looks like sort of a white blob with tentacles yes, around it. That's a very good description. I don't smell any smoke to it, so I no. I thought they were smoked, but I could I could be wrong about that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go in. So why don't you take over the? Uh, All right. So recording. Mike is yeah. He is now he's lifting um, one of these blobs with tentacles to his mouth, and he has inserted it in his mouth, and he's chewing. Thank you for the. He's inserted it. Into, is that how you describe someone eating? Something? Yes. Mm. He's taking a okay. bite. He's chewing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike? I'm. I'm sorry. I'm chewing off Mike because. It's rude to chew on Mike, Dave. Oh, well. Hmm. What do you think? Actually, the octopus itself, the octopi, well, I've only eaten one. The yeah. octopus is good. The cheese is too, I don't, there's only one food on the planet that I don't like, and that is blue cheese. Oh, and it's. As you know from yes. our live performance. Um. Well, no, you don't, because that live performance that was... didn't survive. But anyway. <laughs> The cheese itself is too strong. The octopus is surprisingly mild and, and delicious. That's mm. good. I think you'd like one. No, thank you. Oh, man. Really? No. We get this far, and you don't do it. No, I got to take care of myself, Mike. All right. Self-care. I'm going to yeah. eat uh, one of yours, then. Okay. And this is a larger one. It's more squid. Yeah. It's more uh, octopi, octopi than cheese, so this should be better for me. Um, man, he's hmm. eating it. Mm-hmm. Same? It, were you correct? It your... does not taste expired. I will okay. say that. But the cheese, again, too, too strong. Much. Too strong. Well, I'm glad that you got to eat those, Mike. And I can't them. believe you got this far and you didn't do it. They that look terrible. Shocking. Like, they look 
Mm. Like I'm getting like nauseous just even thinking about it. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, I don't know. That just, just seems wrong. This segment seems broken. Sorry, man. Because I you, I can't. Wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. I'm seriously, it's making me lightheaded. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have to close the show because Pastor Dave is uh, even in the vicinity of someone doing eating a food that isn't uh, what crackers yes. and, um, uh, you know, tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich or uh, what's your favorite food? Dave? I like hamburgers, pizza, <laughs> hot dogs. Yeah, you're a real adventurous guy. What's the strangest food aside from the show that you've ever eaten or that you willingly eat on a regular basis? Um, no, I eat, I eat all sorts of curries and sure. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I actually see Dave. So I eat sushi. Pastor Dave is getting uh he- he's actually moving around uncomfortably and yeah. he's getting ill, so I have to end this. <sighs> and I apologize to everyone. <laughs> I wish this were a joke, <sighs> but we actually have to bring the show to a close so anyway thank you for listening uh we don't always do silly things like this we do important topics so please uh, stop back in and listen to the now turning green pastor dave and i and this is uh like trees walking i'm michael j nelson thanks for listening so long (laughs) 